Welcome to Hancock Talks, your source for insights about life insurance trends and opportunities with a focus on tactics that can help drive your sales. This podcast is for financial professional use only. It is not intended for use with the public. This material is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Please listen to the important disclosures at the end of this podcast. Now, let's get started with your host, Karen Egan. Hello, welcome to Hancock Talks, and thanks for being with us today. Today, we're joined by Alan Brown, a partner at the Hunter McLean Law Firm in Savannah, Georgia. Alan is licensed in Illinois and Georgia and has a national reputation for developing innovative estate planning and business strategies for family-owned companies and high net worth individuals throughout the country. Alan is a frequent speaker on the acquisition, ownership, and financing of life insurance. Welcome, Alan. Thank you, Karen. I'm happy to be with you. Well, Alan, there's a lot of discussion in the financial planning industry today about how this is one of the most opportune times for high net worth clients to be doing estate planning. Do you agree? And if so, why is that? What makes it such a great time to be doing that type of planning? Karen, I completely agree. And I think four factors make this such a good time for planning. The first is federal, state, and gift tax exemptions have never been higher. 40 years ago, I was in law school studying estate and gift tax law, and the exemptions were $322,000 per couple. Today, they are $23,160,000 per couple. Now, those exemptions automatically drop at the end of 2025, and the Democrats say they will drop the exemption sooner if they control the tax writing process. So we say use it or lose it. The second is federal income tax laws for trusts currently allow you to sell appreciated assets to a grantor trust that you created and to swap assets of the same value into your trust or out of your trust. All of this without recognizing any capital gain or loss. This is a lot of flexibility for clients. The third is there is a minimum interest rate that must be charged when family members lend to each other or their trusts or businesses. This is the applicable federal rate or AFR. It's set by the federal government every month. The October 2020 rate is 1.12%. That is the second lowest in history. Uh, September 2020 was the lowest. The final is how long can a trust operate? Coming from English law, there's a rule called the rule against perpetuities, and that said a trust can operate for the lives of the beneficiaries listed in the trust plus 21 years. Many U.S. states have now changed that rule to allow trusts to operate for a longer period. For example, in Florida, a trust can now operate for 360 years, and in Illinois, a trust can operate with no limit for as long as the trust has assets. Well, you've certainly stated some compelling factors that the time is right. So what type of planning techniques are you recommending to your clients to help them achieve their estate planning goals? Karen, it's interesting that with all of these factors giving us great planning opportunities, we actually are able to do planning in a more simple fashion than we did when the exemptions were much lower. 
Currently, I can solve most of the asset protection and creditor protection needs of my clients with only two tools, a trust and a promissory note. We should remember that individual clients should discuss with their own attorneys which techniques best meet their needs. Tell us more about the trust work and you know how a trust is used in your planning. Karen, a trust established by you for another where you're one of the beneficiaries and you may or may not be one of the trustees is the strongest asset protection available in American law. So we're starting with the best asset protection trust there is, and that has several features as I like to use it. It is an irrevocable trust. It cannot be changed by the person who established it. It's a spendthrift trust. That means the trust assets are protected from the claims of any creditor of a beneficiary and any creditor of a trustee. The trust elects to be taxed as a grantor trust for federal income tax purposes. The trust is funded with a gift. The trust is exempt from all three federal transfer taxes, the estate tax, the gift tax, and the generation skipping transfer tax. And the trust will operate for the maximum term under the law of the state in which the trust is established. So imagine we have a couple beginning their planning. They would like to use these asset protection trusts, and they'd like to have access to the assets during their own lifetime. So the couple would actually create two trusts, one from husband for wife and children, and one for wife to husband and children. Now, the provisions of those trusts will be different because we have something called the reciprocal trust rule that if they're identical, they're not respected for tax purposes. So now, each of husband and wife have created a trust. They can give to their respective trust up to $11,580,000, and those transfers by gift will be completely tax-free. And Now let's look into the future. The entire value of the gift and the entire value of all the rate of return on the assets that made up the gift are completely asset protected and completely estate tax protected for the couple and for all their future generations. Okay. So you've explained how you're using a trust for asset protection. The second technique that you mentioned was also using promissory notes. Tell us a little bit about that. I use promissory notes in two ways, notes for loans and notes for sales with trusts. Most families have some loans within the family, maybe to buy a trust, maybe to start a business. So my first strategy is to find those old notes with high interest rates and replace them with a new promissory note with today's 1.12% interest rate. An example would be a grandparent made a loan to a grandchild to buy a home. The grandparent does not want her estate to get bigger. She says she has plenty of assets. She's only charging interest because that's required by the tax law. The grandchild, of course, wants the lowest total cost for her home. So a new note with a lower interest rate could help both of them. My second strategy is to work with a family to identify trusts in business, one that has cash to lend and one that the family would like to grow. An example would be an old cash-rich trust that has to close after the death of the current generation and a brand new trust that can operate for multiple generations. The old trust could lend cash to the new trust, 
the new trust could buy growth assets. All the rate of return greater than 1.12% will be wealth transferred to future generations in the new trust that can operate for a much longer time. Otherwise, all of that greater rate of return would have been trapped in the old trust and after it ends in the current generation, it would be subject to a state tax in the next generation. So when you have a sale to a trust in return for a promissory note, what does that planning look like? So we actually have sales two ways, from the person to his or her grantor trust, from the grantor trust back to the person who established it. Let's start with a sale from a person to that person's grantor trust. An example would be mom has made a gift of the size that she determines is appropriate for her to a grantor trust for her children and grandchildren. She would like to give them some more, but she also wants to retain some assets in her own estate for her own needs. So she could sell a stock portfolio to her trust for a promissory note with a 1.12% interest rate and a 30-year maturity. So first, the sale is to her grantor trust, so no gain or loss is recognized. Second, she has retained the note that's equal to the value of the stock portfolio, so she has maintained her balance sheet, and she's going to receive annual interest payments of 1.12%. So the first 1.12% of the annual rate of return will come back to mom. But mom's children and grandchildren, as beneficiaries of her trust, will receive all of the rate of return that exceeds 1.12% over 30 years. And over 30 years, that could be a very substantial amount. The second is I have an asset that's in the grantor trust that the person who established the grantor trust would like that asset back. So an example would be dad made a gift to his trust of a farm that had a low basis for income tax purposes. Today, the farm is much more valuable and dad is much older. If he hadn't made the gift and dad died owning the farm, the farm would get a new basis at his death and any capital gain would be eliminated. So what dad can do in 2020 is he can buy back the farm for a promissory note from the trust with that 1.12% interest rate and a 30-year maturity. No gain or loss would be recognized. Dad's wealth is exactly the same. The trust's wealth is exactly the same. And under current law, at dad's death, the farm will get a new basis for income tax purposes and all capital gain will be eliminated. So how does life insurance play into this? You mentioned earlier that life insurance can be incorporated into these techniques. Tell us about how life insurance, how it plays a role in the techniques for these high net worth clients, and how is the life insurance typically funded? I am a big believer in life insurance, and I think having life insurance owned in the trust is the best location because then all the death proceeds are asset protected and estate tax protected. I don't know of any other asset that can be owned by a trust that has the same potential for appreciation and the same tax benefits, for example, tax-free loans and tax-free death proceeds. Traditionally, premiums for life insurance owned by a trust has been made by making small annual gifts that are covered by the annual gift tax exclusion, but I don't think that is the best way because annual 
exclusion gifts are limited, and even taxable gifts covered by gift tax exemptions are limited. Loans are unlimited, and right now loans are incredibly cheap at 1.12%. I need to find a lender. Who's going to lend money to my trust? My first choice is a profitable business. Many families have a profitable business. The business can loan money to the trust. The trust uses that loan proceeds to pay premiums. The loan is an asset for the business. The trust will pay annual interest. At the death of the insured, the business is paid first and the trust retains all of the remaining death proceeds tax-free. If I don't have a profitable business, my second choice is the couple that uh, established this wealth. Same idea, the couple will lend to the trust The loan is an asset for the couple. The trust will pay annual interest. At the death of the insured, will undo the loan. Trust can buy insurance not only on the beneficiaries, but anyone the beneficiary has an insurable interest with. So I might have a trust that has mom and dad and children and even adult grandchildren all insured. So depending on who the insured is, If the insured is someone other than the couple, then at the death of the insured, the couple will be paid first and the trust will retain the rest of the death proceeds tax-free. If the insured are the couple themselves, then the trust will repay the loan to the couple's estate and the trust will retain the rest of the death proceeds tax-free. Whether my lender is the couple or the business, the entire rate of return over 1.12% will be a transfer of wealth to the asset protected and estate tax protected trust entirely tax-free. We should note that a loan to a trust to pay premiums is a loan regime split dollar arrangement under the IRS regulations. Under the regulations, you no longer need a split dollar agreement or a split dollar plan. You do, or I typically use a written promissory note and a collateral assignment. Well, Alan, you've certainly given us a lot to think about, uh, a lot of great planning tips, and we appreciate you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me on the program, Karen. I enjoyed the opportunity. Let's move to our next segment of the show, the Advanced Markets Corner. And with us today is Caroline Mackay. Hi, Karen. It's great to be here. So Caroline, Alan Brown mentioned several reasons why life insurance may be appealing to the affluent and high net worth client. We'd like to hear your thoughts about the benefits of life insurance and some considerations about product selection. Absolutely. Let me first piggyback off of what Alan said. I think life insurance owned outside of the estate in an irrevocable trust, like an islet, offers so many key benefits for affluent families, particularly with respect to the tax advantages of life insurance. So we know that life insurance proceeds are typically paid 100% income tax-free, and when they're owned by one of these irrevocable trusts, are also free of any estate tax. Now, when comparing different asset classes inside a trust, the tax benefits of life insurance make it a very competitive asset with respect to long-term rates of return. Moreover, it provides liquidity to help fund legacies, business succession needs, to pay estate taxes, both federal and state, which are typically due within nine months of death, 
that liquidity can help meet charitable goals. I really could go on and on. There's so many applications and benefits of why life insurance makes sense uh, for wealthy families inside an irrevocable trust. Now, also, life insurance proceeds can help pay additional tax liabilities that arise when clients have transferred other assets to the trust. So for example, many of the techniques that Alan discussed consider transferring appreciating assets out of the estate for estate tax protection, like the sale of an asset in return for a promissory note that he talked about. However, those transferred assets do not get a step up in basis if they are held in the trust until the grantor's death. Life insurance can be really beneficial with respect to these types of transfers because it can provide an offset or, you know, another way to say it is liquidity for to address that lack of step up in basis. Now, with respect to product considerations, there really is no one size fits all answer here. If clients are focused on death benefit protection and liquidity needs, then we typically start with a protection product. Uh, one that is focused on providing, you know, strong guarantees with competitive premiums. And also there's an additional benefit if that policy builds cash value because it provides additional flexibility for the families and for the trustees of these trusts. Now, if there is a need for more substantial cash value accumulation, then we look to more of an accumulation product. So for example, clients may want or need to access cash value while the insured is still alive to help provide maybe supplemental income to the trust beneficiaries or to help repay loans associated with a premium financing transaction or even a private financing arrangement. And in that case, again, we typically are going to look at a cash value accumulation product. Ultimately, it's the needs of the clients that will inform the best type of product to help address those needs, really. Well, Alan discussed, you know, enormous benefits currently available in this this low interest rate environment that we're in, including loans, sales of assets, split dollar. What resources does John Hancock have available to financial professionals who want to learn more about these techniques and how life insurance fits in? Great question. So we have a lot of resources available. First, if our listeners do not already receive the Advanced Markets monthly newsletter, please reach out to your John Hancock regional vice president or other John Hancock contact to get on the mailing list. This is a newsletter you really do want to receive. It has so many valuable resources inside that monthly newsletter, including marketing material that are related to timely sales ideas, access to monthly webinar content, case studies highlighting recent sales and opportunities, and also our central intelligence newsletter, which is focused on providing key information about tax cases and legislation that's really pertinent to our industry, and also highlights the monthly interest rates that Alan referred to, those applicable federal rates that are used for so many of these advanced planning techniques. We also have several resources related specifically to planning in a low interest rate environment, which includes client-facing pieces on something we call wait and see loans, private financing, split dollar, sales of assets to defective trusts, 
and even just general gifting concepts that, again, take advantage of the current estate planning environment we are in, both with respect to those low interest rates, but also with respect to those very high exemptions available for gifting. And we regularly incorporate these types of planning techniques like the low interest rate sales and promissory note techniques into our monthly case studies and also address these regularly in our blog postings. And those are all resources available to our listeners. So for more information about anything I've spoken about, I would reach out to a member of the advanced markets team. Well, thank you for highlighting those resources for us. And as always, it was great having you with us again here on the show. Thank you. It's always great to be here. And we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Hancock Talks. For more resources on today's topic, as well as access to more information about how to grow your insurance business, visit jhsaleshub.com. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the show on iTunes to get new episodes as they become available. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed by participants are their own, are subject to change, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Actual results may be more or less favorable. This material does not constitute advice. Anyone interested in these transactions or topics may want to seek advice based on his or her particular circumstances from independent professionals. Trust should be drafted by an attorney familiar with such matters in order to take into account income and estate tax laws, including the generation skipping tax. Failure to do so could result in adverse tax treatment of trust proceeds. Life insurance death benefit proceeds are generally excludable from the beneficiary's gross income for income tax purposes. There are a few exceptions, such as when a life insurance policy has been transferred for valuable consideration. Comments on taxation are based on John Hancock's understanding of current tax law, which is subject to change. No legal, tax, or accounting advice can be given by John Hancock, its agents, employees, or licensed agents. Loans and withdrawals will reduce the death benefit, cash surrender value, and may cause the policy to lapse. Lapse or surrender of a policy with a loan may cause the recognition of taxable income. Policies classified as modified endowment contracts may be subject to tax when a loan or withdrawal is made. A federal tax penalty of 10% may also apply if the loan or withdrawal is taken prior to age 59 and one half. This material is not intended for use by a taxpayer for the purposes of avoiding any IRS penalty. Comments on taxation are based on tax law current as of the time we produce the material. Any discussion of features, values, or benefits are not guaranteed and may be subject to change. Life insurance products are issued by John Hancock Life Insurance Company USA, Boston Mass 02116, not licensed in New York, and John Hancock Life Insurance Company of New York. Valhalla, New York, 10595. This recorded material may have been recorded to support the promotion or marketing of the topics addressed in this recorded material. Individuals interested in the topics discussed should consult with their professional advisors to examine legal, tax, accounting, or financial aspects of these topics. MLINY 101 1.